Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Cast. This is the podcast where we talk to people for and or from the Midwest. I'm your host, Charlie Behrens, and we are brought to you by Jolly Good Soda. Here's today's episode. Hey, everybody. How we doing? Welcome uh, to another week. I am joined by uh, the Cast executive producer, Colleen Maraca. Colleen, how you, how you living? Good. I'm back. I'm sure everybody was just... Everyone missed so you. So sad and... Yeah, yeah, just devastated that I wasn't here, but I'm glad to be back. Super devastated. What was your New Year's resolution? Um, I have quite a few. Oh boy, that means none of them will be kept. Uh, I know. We <laughs> last night I broke my dry January <laughs> by having one beer. So oh, that's why we had our Cripes Inc. holiday party. Uh, that's what this company's called, by the way. We've said it before. <laughs> We've said it before. Cripes Inc. Yeah, guaranteeing nobody will get a job after this because yeah. you know. They're gonna be like, "What? It worked for a <laughs> when I apply gang to like any Los product. Angeles. It's not any spell crips." Um, <laughs> anyway. Anywho, yeah. So I was just like, you know what? I'm at a bar. I, I January fifth, I made it for dry wow. January. So have you given up now? Or no, I, I'm up? doing like a damp January. I only had one beer last night, so that's like. You know how I can tell your hearing is off? Am I loud? You're louder than me. Yeah. Well, okay. No, you know this... what? I, I honestly, we just got this new mixer, so we're testing it out, and we both have headphones on, so now we can test levels. And I'm looking at Colleen because the level <laughs> seems hotter, and she's putting it closer to her mouth. I wonder if it's the headphone usage on, of you. You're always wearing those headphones. Yeah. No. I read look this it. article. We look even. Okay. Talking. Talking maybe, to normal. Maybe I can Maybe, maybe I am sensitive hard of hearing. My sensitive to your voice. Sensitive to my no, voice. No, just talk normal. Talk normal. Hello. I'm getting there. You're going a little higher. Okay, well then turn me down. So then you can go, you can turn the gain down. Oh, okay. Well, maybe not. Silencing women. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your 2023 resolution? No, no. I did read this scary article though about these earbuds that we're wearing and how um, if you have the, if you basically have your earbuds in or your headphones and you got the the sound cranked up higher than halfway, you're basically damaging your hearing. You are. That's that's what this article says. So every time I'm at the gym, yeah. it is all the way up. Yeah, you're, you're screwed. And yeah, and also, <laughs> I wouldn't bring this up if you didn't claim you were hard of hearing also. Yeah, that's super fair because you guys can walk into my office and I'm like... Because <laughs> it's also the time you do it, the duration of the loud noise really screws your hearing. So just yeah. be cautious of that. You want to be able to hear your well, grandchildren <laughs> or maybe you don't. I don't. I was at home and I was like, I or I was at my friend's apartment. I haven't used um, Q-tips in forever because apparently that's not good for you yeah. or something. And I used a Q-tip at her apartment because I was like, mm. she got him here. Yeah, why not? Well, cool. A lot of wax. Blood. Okay. <laughs> I didn't need to hear that A. So then I was B. like, oh my God, maybe Charlie's right. Maybe I'm like. I mean, I don't know. If, I don't know if that's. I don't know. Equates. If, yeah. I mean, how much blood? Not like that bad, but I did WebMD. I was like. Yeah, of course. Ear and cancer. of course you're dying. You have cancer and AIDS. Ear cancer. I have all of it. So yeah, yeah no, I know. It's, I'm definitely. Maybe these headphones will help. It's a cool setup. They we do got. say use noise canceling headphones because then, you know, sometimes if you're doing the wired headphones and you're biking, for instance, and you got the, the air from the outside world as you're biking kind of fast and, and the volume up, it's like you don't realize it, but you're really screwing your ear. I mean, I've been wanting to go get my ears checked for sure because I, I can't hear for I, every song, every time I'm in the car, music's all the way up. Oh, God. Maybe that's a New Year's resolution. Turn down my music. Just see a hearing doctor. <laughs> Searing, be quieter. Be, who can be quieter the most? No. Okay. Uh, well, good for you. I'm glad that you got a lot of uh, great New Year's resolutions. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna go through them because they're personal. But um, how? What about you? Yeah, I got some. They're also personal, and nobody really cares what my New Year's resolutions are. I think everybody cares. I haven't quite fully had time to sit down and fully think through them. You know what I did that might help you? And this can be the extended cut because I figure we'll probably talk for a bit. But um, I saw this TikTok. It was like a good writing prompt. And I like wrote a letter to myself from last year. Mm-hmm. And then I like was using my photo because my memory was horrible. So I couldn't remember everything that happened. Right. But I like went back and I looked through my photos to like kind of reflect about like 
the year. Cause yeah, right. I feel like you hit new year sometimes and you're like, what have I done with? Oh my God. Another year just went by, mm-hmm. but it was really good. It was really reflect. Like it helped me reflect into what I want to do the next year. So well, that's you should great. Do that. That's great. Yeah. I mean, um, I think I constantly am doing new year's resolutions, <laughs> you know, like I'm Trying constantly like, uh, but there's something about a new year, a fresh start where you're like, oh, maybe I'll actually keep them this time. I'm really a big thing is just getting more sleep, which I've been doing. And I got those blackout curtains yeah, finally. Oh my God. It's a game changer. Yeah. It's a freaking game changer. I've been I've been sleeping in sunlight for a long time. Yeah. Also, I should get to bed earlier, but I get I get writing. That's when I do most of my writing late night, and then that brain is going, going. If I write something good, that's like uh it's like uh it's worth stimulant. It. I'm just yeah. up thinking. I know. About I it. last night after the holiday party, I went home and I was like, I'm so tired, so tired. Started reading. I was reading until 1 30. Yeah. It's about when I went to bed too. Yeah. Oh, that's and so why I'm like, you're so late today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, must have been a good book. It was so good. So I'm like, I, anyway, it's good. Like, in, uh, it, maybe I shouldn't be reading that late at night, but um, anywho, yeah. So that's kind of, I have a good, I want to read two books a month. God. Because I read a book a month last year. Oh. And you actually did that? Yeah. Oh, good. I don't read a lot of books. Yeah. You know, I, I think I get you books all the time for gifts. I was Actually, talking. I no, you don't. I no. was, well, have you? I don't know. Yeah. I was talking to Max last night. Yeah. And um, we were talking about, he was like, what's your favorite movie? And I gave him a couple of favorite. Max is our producer, by the way. And I was, uh, I was giving him like a couple of movies, but then I was like, you know what? I honestly haven't thought about like what my favorite movie is, you know, like in a while. I know. Like, like my favorite movie is still. Lebowski. Yeah. That, I literally said Big Lebowski. Yeah. But that's been my favorite movie since I was a kid. Yeah. But I've seen a lot of movies since, but I don't often sit down to think about what is my favorite and why. But, you know, there's like a certain amount of creating you do and a certain amount of consuming you do mm. of like of art or of movies of something. Um, and I, I tend to veer more on the side of creating than consuming. Mm-hmm. And that's good to an extent. But you got to have a good mix in there. Otherwise, you know. Uh, keeps it fresh, gives you different ideas. Watching other people do it great, you know. Yeah. But anyway, uh, we do have an awesome episode for all of you. We're talking with Catherine Blamford today. Uh, she is a stand-up comedian. Um, she's been on the Tonight Show. Colleen, was it Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget what all those shows are called. Yes. Um, she's on that, and um, t- she's got a cool story. She was. She, first of all, she's not in LA. She's not in New York. She's in Atlanta, but um, she's you know she's a um, nanny for a very very long time, and then just started doing stand up, and eventually left nannying not too long ago to go into stand up full time. So um, she's got a great story. She's a lot of fun. I think uh, we had a good time uh, with yeah. each other, and I'm I'm just gonna leave it there and um, let you hear more from Catherine. This is bad. I haven't washed my hair since Saturday. Well, washing hair is really overrated if you think about it. You, they say you're not actually supposed to. Yeah, why? Why? Um, because this, it's, it, it's about training your hair to not be <laughs> greasy. But I think that's, that's oh. advice for um, uh, a stronger like breed of person. But I'm, I'm a weak, I'm a very white, blonde, thin-haired person. And we just, that doesn't work for my kind. We're, we're, we get greasy very fast. <laughs> but but wait, but if you don't do it, have you noticed since not washing your hair since Saturday that you have maybe acquired less? Is that your first break from shampooing your hair? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, what I've learned, it's, I've less, it's less trained my hair to not be as greasy, but it's, it's trained my mind to not give as much of a shit. <laughs> That's probably what it's really about, you know? <laughs> yeah. I do think we're an over-shampooed society, personally. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's how they sell the products is you, you know, every day you got to look your best. You got to shampoo your hair. But uh, since Christmas time, I've been throwing it up in a bun and I haven't taken the sweatshirt off in two days. You know and what? I feel great. 
I um I am we, we have a lot of similarities in uh I don't know if this is a new thing for you but that's a very old thing for me of wearing the same thing. Yeah. Day after day. Well, I I was trained at a young age to not so I went to an all girls Catholic high school and so it was just we we wore uniforms. It was all girls and if you wore makeup to school you people were like, who are you trying to impress? Like, are you a lesbian? And you're like, well, we all are, but we, we need 10 years to figure that out. But so, <laughs> and then on Saturday or on the Friday spirit wear, which was just sweatpants. So from a young age, I was like, or even in high school, I, I didn't go to school trying to look nice or impress people. So when I got to college, I was like, why are people wearing the jeans to class? What is this? And it took me a while to, to rewire my brain to, having to look decent every day and now i'm now i'm going back yeah yeah i i i don't know if you know we had this similarity i also went to an all girls high school yeah i did (laughs) it was fun nobody knew that no i went to an all boys catholic high school so we were i did yeah yeah i was one of those guys what state wisconsin wisconsin is wisconsin catholic Oh yeah, lots of Catholics really? here. Now you're from Atlanta, right? Yeah. No. So that- no, Louisville, Kentucky. Oh, you're from Louisville. Okay, mm-hmm. you live in Atlanta. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the South isn't as Catholic as the North. I don't think. Right. Mm-hmm. No, they're more like Baptist. A lot of Baptists, and then whatever mm-hmm. the branches from the Baptist are. I don't even. This is the sad thing. Is I was so sheltered as a kid like we everybody went to their parish school kindergarten through eighth grade and then all boys or all girls catholic high school and i didn't even know when i heard christian it was like christian catholic like i was like why are we why don't you just say catholic i thought christian was catholic <laughs> yeah yeah I, yeah I i don't i still don't really understand the like i don't know i don't know what Pen, i don't know the difference between pentecostal and baptist and all these other ones but i hear Baptist oh, yeah. a lot down here yeah, I don't know the difference. Outside of Catholics, it's, um, I mean, there's Lutherans, non-denoms, and then all the Southern ones, you know? Yeah. yeah. I don't really know. Where Did you have any good confessions? Would you confess in your first confession? Oh, I'm sure. I don't exactly remember, but I, I would always go to uh, saying cuss words and um talking back to my parents and maybe lying about something but it was always then i would then i would come back from confession with a huge guilt because i didn't admit the real things i should have said (laughs) what because that would have been like what like second grade yep first communion second grade or confession yeah both of those were in second grade what is the real things that you should have confessed back in second grade this is this is I'm, I mean, I'm certainly no priest, but this is your chance to oh. make right with that confession. Oh, um, I mean, probably like, you know, well, my parents both work. So, you know, we were home alone a lot. My brothers and I, so we would get in big fights. So maybe like pulling a kitchen knife on my brother. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted Just to watch the murder. Price right. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, stuff like that. Um, maybe... I don't, you know, this was one I always felt like I should have admitted. This is going to sound dark. It wasn't. We oh, played yeah. horses a lot as a kid. And one of my friends, all, this we're, we're too early to get into yeah. this, but I don't know why one of my friends maybe watched too much Animal Planet, but she'd always be like, we can't have a baby unless we, one, one person has to give each, another person a piggyback ride. And I always knew it was a little weird. It was, <laughs> it was so. Always- <laughs> I couldn't tell if you were frozen or not. No, um, I, I mean, emotionally frozen. I'm, right. I'm, I think I'm, first of all, you played horses. Yeah. Like, okay. I have recently, I've talked about it a good bit in my standup. Now I had like, I had some bit kind of go viral on the internet from it. And I always thought I was kind of weird for playing horses. Like we were, mm-hmm. I always say it is like, there were the horse girls whose parents, you know, took them to a barn or they had a horse and they rode. And then there were the girls who their parents didn't want to pay for horseback riding lessons. So they were, they were horses for each other. And we were those girls. Like we, we were the horses. And, uh, and so we, I like had this bit about it. And then I was like, we, and we were weird. We were weird kids. Like we would, you know, like pull each other's hair, be like, yeah. And our stalls were like the parking lot spaces. And, (laughs) 
you know, we would huff at the boys like like that is uh but I, I thought we were weird, but then this, you know, one of my these a bit like went viral and then all the comment sections were people like giving their own confessions. And it was like there was thing there's there's wolf girls who uh sounded a lot more uh they were into some more freaky deaky stuff like moon stuff, you know. Oh uh than 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 the horse girls. But uh yeah, we were like the girls where you know, we were like, I mean, maybe sometimes we really did eat some grass <laughs> <laughs> here and there. You yeah. there's just I don't know, there's something about wanting a horse bad enough where if you don't get it, you have to get your fix out some way. And I hope all parents are listening to this right now and taking note of this is what happens when you don't get them a pony for Christmas. Just just pay for horseback riding lessons for a year or two. Let them grow out of it and mm -hmm. move on. Like most of them will not stick with the horse girl stuff. And if they do, that means they're really into it and you can get a, a college scholarship for equestrian. <laughs> just just like do just please, please let them horseback ride because if not, it's going to manifest in really freaky deaky ways and then they're gonna not confess their horseback piggyback riding sins to the and, male priest <laughs> and then they're gonna grow up to be a stand-up comedian so you have yes. two options you have two options horseback riding or stand-up comedian as a profession choose yes. wisely do, do you want your daughter to be a comedian or a dental hygienist you pick <laughs> it's in your hands so what else what, like growing up in louisville uh did, did you have like um like what else were you doing aside for doing horseback riding and at that point were you like already developing uh your desire to be a comedian or did that not come for oh. some time oh i had no idea i i didn't i didn't grow up in a a, a household where they you we, we listened to stand-up specials or you know we didn't have like carlin on the on the jukebox i'm not that old <laughs> uh, but no i i like growing like i i remember watching i was very mainstream like i was watching uh youtube okay. clips of dane cook and aziz i'm sorry you know or like kevin hart like it was yeah great but it you know it was very surface level uh and but no i was oh yeah i was like kind of the goofy goofy kid but uh never I was just very like very plain I mean just this most suburban life as you could get and didn't had no idea like what I was that I was gonna do get into comedy I uh I like had to get out of Kentucky went to South Carolina for college found some loophole to get like in-state tuition went there joined a sorority and then they had they there was some competition for some fraternity where each sorority had to enter in a girl and you had to do like a like a pageant thing and i was very awkward as you can tell and uh, they entered me and so i had to do it so my talent i picked i did a opening monologue like i was chelsea handler uh -huh. her show chelsea lately and uh, and i roasted all the frat guys and i won and I was like, dude, I, <laughs> the people need more of this. <laughs> and that's so that when I started it. thinking about it. That was your initial hit. And then, yeah. um, what, what were you majoring in, in college at this time? Very random. I, it was called sport and entertainment management, which oh. sounds, yeah. it was more, it's, it, it's not like the, uh, what is show me the money? What was his name? Moneyball. Moneyball. Oh, show me the money. Um, is it Toby McGuire? Tony Totally. No, um, what was? Uh, oh God, um, Tom Cruise and yeah, and um, Cuba Gooding Jr. Cuba Gooding Jr. Yeah, yeah. I met uh, him once in a in a bar in New York randomly. I bet he was really nice. He was super nice. Yeah, but I, then I yeah I just Jerry Maguire. He doesn't remember Jerry Maguire. I mm -hmm. that's funny. We got it. Look at that. Yeah. Through the, through the brain pathways somewhere it connected. No, it was a ch it was in the chat. Oh, did uh, you put it in the chat? I didn't. Oh, Colleen put it in there. That's one of awesome. the one of the podcast gods. Colleen is the podcast god. She's sitting here listening, taking notes. So that's actually a great uh, tool. I suppose if we have any questions, Colleen yeah. can just Google it. Colleen's since... are uh, yeah. Roll the clip, Colleen. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I could see him being nice, but no, it wasn't, 
it, it, dude, there is a whole uh, world of, I, so I was on venue management, which sounds really cool, but essentially like you're working in the arenas and stadiums yeah. and uh, it's a 24 hour job that especially if you're in the arena side, I want there to be a show about these people in one day. Cause it's, you're like professional carnies essentially. Like you, especially arenas, like any perf, like uh, NBA arena. I was like, uh, so what you do is like, so you have all this home games. What is, how many home games is it? 42 NBA home games or something like that. And then when you're not doing a home game, uh, there you're loading in Disney on ice, right? And then when you when you're loading out Disney on ice, it's a Bruno Mars concert, and that loads out at two a.m. And then at three a.m., Cirque du Soleil loads in. And when Cirque du Soleil loads out, there's a uh, a Christian concert or Christian conference or whatever else. And when that loads out, it's a Nine Inch Nail concert. And you know, and then after that, you have to clean the mo- floor from the mosh pit from the blood and the hit <laughs> everywhere. So, and, so you, and, you it's, were just doing insane. all this. Yeah, yeah. You don't leave you you don't leave a, an arena if you work in an arena. Uh it's cool. Like I, I mean I brush shoulders with Bruno Mars, but you're you don't have a life. It's such a weird business that a lot of I you, you wouldn't even really think exists, but it's a it's a wild industry to to go into. And I was on like the I was on the security and uh usher's side. Like we managed the, all the you know the security yeah, uh, the, the guys that are wanting you when you go in. Yeah. When I start, I was, I worked at the Amway, God, Amway Arena. Like, uh, when I started in Orlando, Orlando okay. Magic's Arena. I was 22 when I started. Let me, uh, let me tell you this. They put me, I was managing the guys wanting and, and going through the metal detectors. I didn't know what I was doing. I, the whole time I was like, first of all, these guys are early employees you know, this is like a side job for them. Right. They're not, uh, they're, they're doing the motion. The, the stick yeah. might not even be on. I knew it. I'm sitting in the back going, if there's a bomb coming in, there's a bomb coming in. So <laughs> if you ever go to an event, have fun and like really have fun. Cause it could be your last one, but look it up. <laughs> no, this, no, 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 no so concert that's... is safe. No Bruno Mars concert is safe. No Clay Aiken concert is safe. <laughs> So you were doing, you were just doing that right out of college, 22 yeah. years old. How many years did you do that for? A couple years. I ran, I like had my last, in, so internship in college, I got to work the London Olympics, uh, working oh, wow. for the, let's say together, cleaning company. And <laughs> true story. Uh, anyway, this was like, you. so you had to, you were assigned like a, either the, the village or um, like a, a certain venue sports venue i got the velodrome and the bmx track which yeah. i was like what i got the lame ones dude velodrome is intense i don't cool. even think i know what the velodrome is you don't and then you do it's uh it's cycling with the the sides that come oh, up yeah oh my and so we were in london which is pretty big in london so that was one of the the, the queen and the and uh and uh prince philip came uh, to that one. And it's, I guess it's big in, in the UK and maybe Australia and dude, watching a race live is intense. So these are the track bikes that you like go around the side super fast, yeah. right? Yes. And yeah. those, those things actually come up as, as they're like racing or they start, mm-hmm. they, does it start flatter and then it goes like that? So I, so I guess it's kind of like an oval. So I guess the, like the top, and the bottom of the Easter egg is when you, you know what I'm saying? If it's shaped kind of like an Easter egg, the yeah. the sides are raised. And so we would walk it and it's like, you can, it's hard to walk to the very top of it. I mean, it's really elevated. Yeah. And these bikes, the, the, the tires on these bikes are like thin, 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 thin. Uh, and the crashes, I mean, you know, coming from a little, a little Kentucky kid, I'm like, let's get it. Let's see a crash. <laughs> Those were fun. Uh, yeah so you got so okay so you would have you would have a like your little i was like managing those right and i sent it in a trailer and they when they get a call we'd have to dispatch uh, clean up in women's restroom whatever but i i could go into those venues right i had a little lanyard but if you wanted to go into the other venues uh like you so i wasn't like a cleaner but if you you would have to pose as a cleaner uh so i wanted yeah so i wanted to see the opening ceremonies they were in like the major you know like the major track 
Yeah. Where you know, like the I guess the main yeah. uh whatever. Yeah. The yeah. main field. Yeah. And it was in the UK. So like I think Pink Floyd was there. Elton John. I don't even remember these days. So yeah. I just I was a pose as a sweeper. Uh they gave me a broom and my boss was just like, you know, you have the company uniform on, so don't just stand around. Like you just you know, just do a little just do a little couple brush strokes. You know, just <laughs> yeah. to just to look like you're working. Yeah. But I, <laughs> I, I don't know for whatever reason got so, I guess obsessed with it that I, like, I missed most of the opening ceremonies because I was like, this place is a mess. I gotta clean this place. <laughs> <laughs> and that, yeah. But I, this is a trick. Uh, what I did learn, if as long as you have a cleaning uniform on. I didn't, it didn't matter what my lanyard said. People were like, get in here, clean this up. And I went into like the VIP area. I literally hit Stephen Hawking's wheelchair. Really? I had no idea who he was at the time. My friend who was with me was like, you know who you just ran into? And I was like, I don't know. And then she had, I didn't even know actually exactly who he, who he was. She was like, he's the greatest scientist of our time. Did it all this stuff. And I was like, well, you could have invented a force field. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. So if you, if you ever want to get in anywhere, any, any VIP, anything, as long as you have a cleaning uniform on, people will just let you in. Wow, this is we are not. Uh, how long are we into this? Like uh, ten minutes, and um, we've all already learned to. Wait, is this thing going? <laughs> Hang on, now I'm like confused. Oh, we're twenty minutes in. Okay, that's better. Twenty minutes in, and we already found two great ways to sneak um, some sort of a uh, yeah. detonation device into a uh, thing. You know, you either just walk right through the uh, guys with the wands or you pose as a cleaning person if you get caught yeah. there. Wow. Yeah. I've never felt less safe uh, trying to enjoy myself. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. <laughs> it's not, there. you're not safe at any mass sporting event. <laughs> yeah, so. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, that's great. That's great yeah. to get the insight. So when did you realize that this uh, this cleaning life the supervising <laughs> life at the big sports arenas just wasn't for you. I, so I did that and then I got to do the PGA and then I was in Orlando and then I, yeah, they moved me up to a small venue in Atlanta and I just, uh, I was having, bring it down a bit. Like I was 22, my mom passed away suddenly and I was having this, like, you know, we, you got to live life. You, you never know. You never know when it's the end, when it's your last concert. So I like took a, I'd, I'd still had in the back of my head that I always wanted to try stand up from that time in college. So I took a class. Oh, yeah. Where? At the improv in Atlanta. Doesn't even exist Ooh. anymore. Close yeah. six, like six months after I started there. Not my fault. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, yeah. And then I was just, you know, I was hooked. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And so I just kept doing open mics and then. My job, actually, they offered me uh, the Dallas Cowboys position at AT&T Stadium, and I, I don't, I want to, I want to be an open mic comedian. <laughs> they were like, "Good luck." So uh, I quit. I like became a nanny during the day and just started doing comedy every night. And were you, so you were working in Dallas. You, your audio kind of cut out there. Oh, you, sorry. You didn't take that job? No, I didn't take it. I okay. they told me I had to be there in two weeks for uh, Jay Z and Beyonce's on the run first for on the run tour, their first one, and I turned it down and was like, mm -hmm. I, I want to do open mic comedy. This is my dream. <laughs> I <laughs> I, I want to tell my life story to four drunk dudes at the bar who on will a Tuesday. go out of their way not to laugh at your jokes. Oh, they'll be like, could you, could you move the games on? <laughs> <laughs> so you just started doing that and you were nannying. And, and did you, uh, did you know, in all seriousness, did you know, like, oh, I love this? Or were you like, what am I doing? Dude, I, uh, no, I just kept the funny. Yeah, I knew I loved it. Did I know it was going to work out? Absolutely not. I mean, I was like, the first couple of years I was like, Oh, I'll let me just, let me just ride this wave while I figure out what I want to do with my life and just kept going out every night and just working on my material and started like hitting the road a little bit. And 
it, I, I didn't, I didn't have a plan. I wasn't, I wasn't one of these, you, you hear all these comedians like, I, I dreamed my whole life of being a comedian and I wanted to be here at this level or this, at this point in five years. And I was like, I got to feature for this person. I can't believe this club let me work here. It was just like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if that's the answer for anybody, but I guess if you don't set expectations, you'll keep surprising yourself. <laughs> Funny how that works. Yeah. No, that, I mean, there's, a, there's a lot to that though, for sure. Like you, you just enjoyed it and you just kept going and, yeah. uh, and it, did you have like, um, and so you just never had a moment of like really doubting it too much or thinking, uh, this is not going to be my thing or. Um, only every time I was about to walk on stage. <laughs> Well, that's normal. That's normal. (laughs) Right before you go on stage and certain shows, you go, why did I, why didn't I do, I could have been a dental hygienist. I could have been home right now (laughs) watching Love is Blind with my four children at my, in my farmhouse. Uh, No, I uh, actually know that I, I, for me, I couldn't live that life. This is, yeah, I think I was a nanny for eight years. I just, I just became like, I just had gone full-time stand-up comedian this August. I mean, I, I was still nannying when I did the tonight show, like the, Mm. the two weeks before the tonight show, when I was running my set and everything, I was nannying during, I got the call that I was booked on the tonight show and I couldn't hear from my manager. I couldn't hear him because there was a four-year-old screaming at me because I had poured coconut milk and not almond milk. How could you do that? I know. I know. I just, I was like, listen, kid, you're going to be pouring my almond milk soon. (laughs) So you get this call to do the tonight show. I, how did that come about? Uh, I'm not sure still. I, uh, no. So it just, so again, like I was, I was nanny for eight years for this one family there. I love them still. But when I started with this family that they had a nine month old baby. And when I left, they had their third kid was, she was four, about to be five. So like I'd been with them for so long and, you know, just like nannied every day. And then literally was going out grinding. Like then my, the rest of my life was just comedy. And so for eight years, it was that. And then the beginning of this year, I recorded a don't tell comedy set and my clips just took for a reason. Just, yes, just took off. And uh, a couple months later, like signed with management and I got a call. Um, just the, the way my tonight show uh, experience happened is not normal. And it, it, like, I got a call. It just so happened. My, my, manager was talking to some of the tonight show people at the same time when they had gotten a call that uh a band that was booked had to back out because one of the members had covid Mm. and he was like i just i just signed with this girl she's great you give her a chance and they were having a good day i guess and uh and they were like all right let's do it and i uh typed up two different transcripts sent it in uh, they cherry picked, you know, like we like this, we like this, put this together in a five minute set. And um, I had a, like a week and two days to run the five minute set over and over again and like really perfect it. And re- I had to rewrite the whole ending of the last bit and get it approved like within Is- a week and a couple of days before, until I was like actually taping like in at at Rockefeller taping. Yeah, that is that's so wild because most people, I mean, they're like working forever on their like tight five to then send over and then hope to get there. But the fact that they like reworked that yeah. set with you, that that doesn't seem normal. Maybe it is. I don't know. I've never No, it's been not. On... I shouldn't say it. I shouldn't say it out loud because okay. I I I know and rightfully so there should be some people that want to murder me. Oh, whatever. Cuz whatever. But I, you know, I, and I, I've said, I've said it before, but I, uh, I've had people be like, yeah, your, your tonight show, uh, the way you got on was quick, but there was eight years of working 10 hour days, getting in a car, driving four hours in Asheville for a 10 minute set, driving four hours back, sleeping for two hours and going back to nanny for 10 days, for 10 hours and doing it over again. Not saying not everybody does that, but like, I, I had to, I had to remember, don't be, you know, like, like give yourself the credit 
where it's due. Like there, there was years and years of preparation behind it that didn't look like the same path as somebody else that got on the tonight show. But you know, just, I still, I know, I know that there, I, I was ready for it and put the work in. Yeah. And you're what set, happened? you're set killed. So you clearly you. belong there, but uh, leading up to it, did you have like sort of that, uh, that imposter syndrome or did you just remind yourself, no, I belong here. No, oh, no. the whole time I was like, I have fooled you guys. <laughs> you guys are going to figure out at one point that somebody has slipped through the cracks here and it's right, me. Right. <laughs> and I was laughing. I mean, the whole time, like, I, you know, I, I was laughing at myself during the set because I was like, this is so funny that I'm here. I, I can't believe this has happened. I, I truly thought that they were going to like cut my, it, I was like, they're going to cut in the middle of my set while I'm taping. And they're going to be like, wait, you're not supposed to be here. We have to, we'll find somebody else real quick. You got to go. Like I was, I was, to me, I was like, I, this really feels like a dream, like a dream because I'm like, there's no way that this is actually happening. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's cool. Cause you, I mean, you never, um, did the typical thing where you moved to New York or you moved to LA and, and did it there. Did you find that Atlanta was like supportive enough of like comedy that you could just do it there and you didn't have a desire to move out? Yeah. I mean, I, I, and I didn't realize it cause I was just focusing on my, my set and trying and trying to deliver enough to be like, yeah, I belong at this, at this level. I can do this. But afterwards, you know, I went back to Atlanta and people, people were like, you, like you have proven something that there has been a shift in this industry that you can make it without not, you know, per se make it, but you can do things uh, without having to be in New York or LA. And I think that just, but it's not just because I, I did the tonight show. I think it, what it means, you know, you can build a fan hood and build a career, a very successful career based off of an online presence. And you can do that from anywhere. And, you know, there's a lot, there's a ton of comics now who are touring and selling out arenas. I mean, theaters and whatnot else. And they live, anywhere in the u.s they don't live in new york and la and uh and it's just because people they put their stuff online and people fall in love with them and they go buy their tickets wherever they are yeah and i i think it's um a good thing because i think it just diversifies the uh it just gets rid of a lot of the gatekeepers so then yes. it just sort of diversifies the different voices that are out there and mm -hmm. um kind of changes sort of what it means to, I guess, be a comic or be someone. It's nice because a lot of people can know you and yet you can probably go live your life and not deal with too much of the, um, of the like uh, celebrity stuff, you know? Yeah. Because it's like nice for people probably to want to take a picture with you, but it gets weird when they start taking a picture of you, you know? Oh, oh yeah. And, and so I think like it you having your audience and yet not everybody knows you is kind of like a, a better way to be maybe yeah I don't know. yeah you go buy your green beans yeah like anybody else goes and buys their green beans <laughs> but then you can still sell tickets and have a career it's just funny and i i also think it's like i i think there's pros and cons to the way that this business has shifted because it is so uh I, a lot of it unless unless before this this like it i think covid had a lot to do with it this kind of shift and you know putting content out and putting your material online and building an audience that way mm. it, it, like after that if you had you you already if you are were are were already like um a really well-known comedian nowadays you do have to put a lot of content online yeah you know, to kind of feed the beast, but you know, people are like, we, we want to be entertained. We want to be continue to be engaged by you or not want to, but if you, if you want to continue to, to uh, remind people of who you are, you've got to do that. But so I think it's, I think that the pros of it are that you can kind of make it your own thing, wherever you want, whatever kind of product you want to put out there, you can, it's not the, this is what comedy central is buying right now. This is what Comedy Central wants to put online. If you know, make that material, write that material, and they'll put you up. It's whatever you want now. Uh, but I, I would say the only what I find is that I don't know if you feel like this, but sometimes it drives you a little nuts to feel like I gotta, 
I got to constantly be having something out there. And it's oh, like yeah. this, this anxiety in the back of your head. But so I don't know. It's good and bad, but it's given a lot, uh, a ton more people an opportunity to put themselves out there and not have to fit box that whatever service that's putting out specials wants you to fill. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is a double-edged sword to a degree though, because then you've got like, I don't know, you, you, how often do you um, feel like you have to put out a video to be like, like cool with the amount you're working? Yeah. Oh yeah. And it's like, I'm not even doing what I said I was wanted to do, but I had to, I had to come to terms with myself and go, all right, do what you can and then be content with with whatever you could do that week mm-hmm. i i had to learn to be content with whatever however much i could do that week and if it wasn't the the level i wanted it at fine i'll 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 try and get it next week but i had to stop beating myself up because then i'd go into this dark hole and then and then you weren't like i wasn't writing anything i i was doubting myself too much and uh it just there was there was no productivity at that point yeah, yeah, you gotta kind of find what uh, what motivates you to do more. And some people yeah. are motivated by that like doom and gloom thing, you know, a little bit. Yeah. Though I, I I think I'm kind of that way sometimes, but that's not a good thing because then you know, anytime something's bad, you're just like you just kind of become a workaholic that way, you know, and that's not good. But- yeah, I, no, I think people operate. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm in a I'm so the opposite. But I wish I could be like that. I wish I could be one of these people that are like, God, I'm going to freaking, uh, I'm going to punish myself if <laughs> <laughs> I don't make this, this TikTok, these three TikToks today. I really wish I could do that. I, maybe I need to wear more black. Do you wear black? I'm wearing black um, currently. Yeah. Yeah. Weird time to ask that. Yeah. No, I typically don't wear black though. So oh. don't get the wrong idea that, that that this is my go-to okay yeah yeah all right well what is it do you do you like do you just drink a lot of coffee oh for making stuff no yeah i I just yeah it's a nice concoction it's like two cups of coffee and three cups of anxiety and then Mm -hmm. there it is you know and that just powers me through so yeah if you want that recipe i'll send it i'll send it right over to you thank you okay Yeah, yeah yeah it's it's really um not actually that great of a recipe, but you know what? It tastes like something. So there okay. you have it. I'll take it. I've been, I've been trying. I almost, I almost got on Adderall again. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Just to do more stuff. Yeah. But I like, then I was like, dude, this is bad. I can't, I I was like, Adderall, it's going to, Adderall is going to be the cigarettes of 20 years from now. Oh yeah. Cause they're like, that can't be good for your heart. It's Whatever not, it's doing. It's yeah. not good. It can't be. Like the SIGs, wait, whack, what, in the 40s, 50s? They didn't They didn't know what they knew now about how bad they were. I, Adderall's going to be that. Yeah, you can't just put your heart through that from childhood, you know? And, uh, and ex- I mean, look, I'm not a doctor, okay? So maybe someone out there with ADD is like, you don't know what you're talking about. Yes, you're absolutely right. But still, like... I um, had a, a doctor prescribe that one time to like try it out and yeah. um, and I'd done it and uh, oh man. Yeah, you're more productive. Well, you're doing more stuff. I don't know if you're more productive. You feel like good for, you feel like Superman for like uh, five y- hours. Yes. Crash. I, I was never like on it, on it, like prescribed it for a good amount of time, but I'm in college all four of my roommates were, and I would take, they'd be like, yeah, go grab one, whatever else. So every day I was taking 20 milligrams of Vyvanse, 10 of Adderall. Oh God. <laughs> Ritalin. No, it was not good, but yeah. it, they would all know. Cause if I, by the time 2 PM rolled around, I was crying and they're like, did you take, <laughs> did you take my extended release? I'm like, you know it. <laughs> I don't remember college. I blacked out every single night. <laughs> I don't think I slept four years straight, uh, but that's I was the like, other thing. It messes with your sleep. Yes. Like you just, you're just sitting there like grinding your teeth. You're like, why can't I sleep? Oh, cause you took like some amphetamines. That's why. Yeah. It, it seems like this. Um, I don't, I'm it, to me, it's insane that it's still 
around and uh, and as normal as it is. And I know people have ADD, ADHD, but um, I'm like, it's it's too. They, they I feel like it's being used too much as a as a solution for how intense it is. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, oh, and there's this other thing too. Like, I mean, it's like, yeah, you need it because like you're not sleeping, you yeah. know? And so if you're not sleeping, you need more energy. But I always thought it'd be fun to do like a sketch with like um this guy who's like, Hey, you want you want some drugs? I got yes. the best drug in the world. Eight hours, it'll knock you out. You'll have crazy visuals, you'll wake up feeling like a hundred bucks. It's called sleep. That's the mattress right there, you know? Yeah, you're it's like, like, what? Yeah, what? Give me that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you're like, and they're like, dude, you, it's like you're watching Netflix in your mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're called dreams. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. Crazy yeah, yeah, yeah. visuals, crazy yeah. visuals. But you're like yeah. in the show. It's yeah. almost, <laughs> ah, that's yeah. good. Yeah, you have yep. and if you um have you ever done any of the lucid dreaming thing? Have you ever read about that stuff? No. I've only read about it and I tried doing it once, but basically if you wake up and you write down your dreams, over time you're supposed to be able to control your dreams, and I've never been committed enough to the cause to figure it out, but I always thought that'd be really fun. What do you do you want to control your dreams? Yeah. I, you do? Sometimes. I mean, sometimes, no, I'll just let the dreams do the dream thing. But it's, I want my brain to tell me what's up. Wow. I that, don't, yeah. That's the difference between us right there. Yeah. You know, I, it's a control I, thing. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think, I think I like to sit down and let it flow to me. And you're like, I, I'm going to stir this ocean. <laughs> I'm going to do the stirring. And I'm like, I'm going to do the floating. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this became very like, uh, low-key um uh yoga class in here yeah you know? i got yeah. you just float with it yeah yeah i yeah. took a lot of adderall today <laughs> i did well, one cup of coffee one cup of coffee that's it yeah you've got yeah. Uh, you got a lot of energy i think adderall might be too much for you i'm no um yes. psycho whatever um that, what is it psychotherapist or a psychiatrist i don't Whoever know who you prescribes be. that stuff yeah I suppose yeah. I should since I got it once. Excuse the interruption, ladies and gents, but I do want to thank the amazing sponsors of the Cripes cast, including Jolly Good Soda. New Year, same Jolly Good. I'll tell you what, my buddy Billy Deuce is, uh, you guys know Bill from the uh, various uh, videos that we do. He plays Robert De Niro. He plays the Boston guy. He loves him some Jolly Good. He and I get some Jolly Good fights because Bill uh, consumes a little bit too much of my Jolly Good. I'm like, yeah. Bill... I need a, we, trying to make an old fashioned. I'm like, tell me, I told you, just do not touch the sour power. It's yeah. Like, I may have touched this. <laughs> I was texting him this week because I was, he was helping us out with the audio for Donald Driver podcast. Mm -hmm. And he was like, we we're talking about him moving to Milwaukee. And he was like, get those jolly goods on ice. Yeah. And so I think we should probably get him like a jolly good fridge as his housewarming gift. Oh, we should talk to jolly good about that. Yeah. Because yeah, I think well, I want to move the jolly good fridge that's here, move that into the new studio. But yeah, we'll but see. we should get him some sort of jolly good like, Something I don't know. As but, a housewarming gift? Yeah, he well, was I'll give like, him a six pack. <laughs> oh, that's, that's it. I <laughs> mean, that's it. Come on. It's a nice gift. He's moving across the country for you. Is he? Yeah. I think Bill's doing it because Bill wants to come. <laughs> it's a mixture of both. All right. We'll get him a good gift. We'll, we'll get, get him, him a, a good gift. jolly good something. But yes, he's coming to Milwaukee. He's very excited because now we can get jolly good at any local grocer or you can go to jollygoodsoda.com. Heck yes, you can. And also Duluth Trading Company. Colleen, you're wearing a Duluth Trading Company sweatshirt right now. <laughs> Look at that sucker. I'm wearing one too. thing about Duluth Trading is any season you got. They got something for you in the midwest i mean this is a place where you can have all four seasons in one day and duluth trading company is there for you they've got outdoor gear indoor gear church gear you know whatever you got working in the garage gear and you're gonna look super fashionable while you do it check them out duluth trading Dot com and also folks we got new manitowoc minute merch items up on the store so again go to cripescast.com or manitowocminute.com and you can get new items like i survived the midwest goodbye bumper sticker 
which is funny because you're literally <laughs> driving away. Uh, it's a good, it's a good uh, bumper sticker. Uh, the roll out the barrel T-shirt, the Supper Club T-shirt, the Ratchet Strap T-shirt. We got a bunch of them up there, and also we we worked with. Uh, um, a great company here in Milwaukee Brew City to make these uh, new oak cribbage boards. Mm -hmm. So, um, which so it's a cribbage board, and on back we've got cards and the pegs, and they're held in there by this uh, by a, a bottle opener. Oak bottle opener, which is super cool, and I, it's magnetic. So, like I was trying to, it's really nice because now you can like travel with it, and nothing falls out. Yeah, it, it's it's awesome. It really is, and yeah. cribbage is getting hot we're about to do a cribbage video here soon because i was t uh, talking to max again at the bar last night he said he's seeing people playing cribbage all over and then, and then so and sure enough there was someone playing cribbage at that bar oh really yeah nice yeah uh but that's a fun game i know what i'm getting my dad for father's day yeah do it dad don't, if you're listening don't listen don't listen <laughs> and don't worry she's not getting a discount so <laughs> she really wanted to give that for you <laughs> Kidding, kidding, kidding. Um, all right. Well, that's it for these ad reads. Oh, also, you can subscribe. Patreon.com slash Charlie Barron's. Subscribe. We got videos and all that jazz. All right. Back to the pod. So what do you... So now, like what? How many months ago you started doing this full time? August. So... August. Holy sh... That's like... So what... Are you... Are you in a place where like you have an end goal in mind do you want to like act or do you just want to keep doing comedy like what what's your kind of thing uh i want to create my own show yeah. shows i have two that i'm like these are this is gonna happen so i've got i'm i have a podcast called cheaties which yeah, is uh, yeah like we people just call them with their cheating stories and it seems simple and again i i'm a, I'm a floater not a stirrer so I just let the stories come to us and we, with my co-host Lace and we, uh, we just like explode the story where it needs it and then bring the, you know, bring some, a lot of humor into it. Some of them are very light and fluffy and surface level. Some of them are a lot deeper. Um, but we've, we started the pandemic and it's just been this, like, like this, it, it, the, the story becomes less about the person who had been, who cheated or whatnot else. And, about kind of the person who's telling it their their journey, if you will, and they're always like, "I would I wouldn't change it. I'm glad I went through it. Now I'm better because of this, this, and this, and I've learned this." And it's like, it, it just kind of like harps on all of these kind of themes. That's out like you know, learning to respect yourself, blah 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 blah. And uh, I'm like, I I this is gonna be on TV one day. Mark my words. I want it to be. I've, I, we're, we've been throwing it on there. Hopefully we'll work on something for next year, but it will be a TV and not, it's like not a, it, I, I don't want it to be like a, it's less in the action trying to catch somebody and more of this. Um, what's a healthy relationship? What, what, what do you, what do you want for yourself? What have you learned from yourself? It sounds a lot cheesier than what it actually is when you're in the moment. Um, but it will be a show one day. And then I obviously, I want to, I want to write a scripted show about bad nannies. Yeah. <laughs> I already love that bad nanny. That's oh. great. Yeah, that's great. Um, well with the cheaty show, so you have this podcast where people call in to tell you their cheating stories mm -hmm. are, um, what is like, what are the number one red flags that you've pulled away from these conversations of when maybe someone might be cheating on you? Uh, um, I mean, the most, what, what I would say the most, the biggest red flag is recognizing gaslighting. And so it's a lot of like, if, you know, if somebody asks a question, it turns very defensive and, and the person trying to explain themselves turns the person asking the questions into a villain, uh, you know, that's, that's a, that I would say is the biggest red flag. And then the other one I would say is just, um, this is gonna sound weird, but just gaps in the schedule gaps in, in communication, pay attention to the gaps. Cause they're getting filled by somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> okay okay that's good so um so pay attention to the gaps and the gaslighting what is yeah. the what is the craziest cheating story that you've had on the podcast 
One of some of my favorites are um uh th- this one was just I didn't know what a gold star lesbian was. Oh. Do you? Yeah. No. Yeah, gold no. star lesbian is woman who has never been with a man. Ever. Okay. Got it. Gold, gold star lesbian couple had a had a guy BFF who would come over to play Monopoly some nights and the story was insane but it turns out they just ended up both cheating on each other with him without they the both... other ones knowing or knowing really yes. but i i'm just i was like it was one of the women who called in to tell the story but i'm like imagine being that man even if <laughs> even if you were telling your yeah. friends they'd be like dude that's not true there's yeah. no way <laughs> I, even if that was a porno, I'd watch it and be like, this is so unrealistic. <laughs> I can't get behind it. So how long did that go on with them? Um, the, That was, I, I can't, I think eventually they both found out this might've been like six months. They both found out they tried to, they tried to make it into like a three-way couple and it fizzled out. Can you believe? I uh, can't. No. Yeah. But other ones like uh, a woman uh, married to a man for years, they had kids, you know, very just suburban, normal couple. Um, and uh, one day, like had gone on his laptop and saw like some pornographic pictures. And she was like, okay, he's looking at porn. And then she zo- zoomed in on one of the pictures and noticed, I hope this is okay to say on here, um, but noticed like below shot and noticed that th- there was a man's package in there and the man only had one one ball and she was like i know that one that is his one ball oh and uh the woman telling the story was her was actually like her neighbor she called her over because she'd been she worked in like technology whatever and they they went and somehow like decoded they um like hacked into his computer something whatnot else and found like he'd been doing pornography for years and was all over the internet had this whole like a porn name and was like a porn star and had made like all this money and had an aside account and all this whatnot else. Um, what was his porn name? Just out of curiosity. Yeah. I can't remember. <laughs> Actually, I don't know if she told. Okay. The episode's called one ball. That's all. <laughs> coming up with the episode names is the best part. Honestly, it's say. so fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, um, I mean, I'm trying to think, I can't, there's a, there's so many, a lot of pilots, uh, a lot of pilots and a lot of people in the military. Oh. Uh, we get those a lot. One man had, uh, was dating a woman and had two different families, but with kids. Oh, you always hear about that. You're like, how do you, how, you know, well, one, he had four daughters with, a, with a wife, four daughters with one. And then what, two with the other or something like that. Yes. And she was a, another girlfriend who'd been dating for years. Oh my it's God. a military. Oh, it's a military thing. So one in each, one at home, one at the base, kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah, and none of them knew about each other. That's got to create so much like stress on your life. That's that's my question. I ask every episode. I'm like, I it it takes me weeks to get to the point where I wash my sheets. Like I don't have time. <laughs> Yeah. I don't have to for anything. How? How do you have three families? Yeah. Kids. Where do you find the time? It's a lot of coffee. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, well, is it uh and what what so what sort of inspired it? Your co-host got cheated on, right? Yeah. So she uh, um I was newer to comedy at the time. She had been doing this bit on stage about catching an old boyfriend cheating and she, the bit was kind of like you know he comes home drunk you go to fake sleep when he starts snoring you wake up you grab his phone you roll under the bed and you know the whole she was like i found this these pictures under jonathan's text messages and she was like well jonathan's tits look a lot nicer than what i remember she scrolls <laughs> up right so she's like he had saved this girl's num- number under Jonathan and she sees, finds all these right text messages, pictures, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, so you have to screenshot, screenshot, scroll, screenshot, scroll, screenshot, send yourself the pictures, then delete the pictures and the messages then delete the pictures and delete the deleted, whatnot else. So I'd remembered this whole bit. I'd heard it 
a couple times. Yeah. So I was dating a comic at the time we were living together. He was taking a nap. I was bored. I couldn't sleep too much Adderall. So I was <laughs> like, well, I think I memorized his phone password. So I'd gone through it, found it. And I was like, well, and then I just, I was like, well, I got to send them to myself. And that was, well, then I got to delete them. And then I got to go delete the pictures. And I got to go delete the deleted and like, I remembered her bit. And I was like doing it. So I called her. I was like, I did, I scroll screenshot. I scroll screenshot, I scroll screenshot. <laughs> uh, and uh, you know, we like, it was like traumatic or whatever. I mean, looking back now, it was, I, I was dating a comic. So yeah. it was bound to happen. Right. Uh, but you know, at, at that point we were like, I mean, this is everybody has a story at some point mm-hmm. we were like, well, let's just let's start asking people. Let's hear their stories. And that was the birth. Yeah. What do you think is the underlying reason? Like maybe if you could, you know, I'm sure as you're doing a show on this, you might get there, but what do you think is the underlying reason for people like cheating and also maybe Loki knowing someone's cheating, but staying anyway until there's proof? Uh, cheating is always the cheater's, issues you know what i mean like it's whether they're they've got some narcissistic side to them that that needs the the to feel needed by multiple people or whatever else or that it's always their issues number one and i mean it could be a multitude of things but uh and then i think the the like the cheaty the person being cheated on kind of knowing that they're being cheated on it's um it's it's being a fear of having to face the hardship and the changes, you know, like ripping off the bandaid. I think a lot of people would rather sweep it under the rug and not face it until it's really in their face. Mm. You know, it's sometimes it's almost easier to, to ignore the issue um, when it's not, it's not like glaring you in the eyes, right. Right. but it just, it'll, it, it'll get, it, that that turns into like a um a little a little tiny uh like uh, bacteria that'll start growing and growing and growing inside of you, and then you discover you end up on discovery ID and uh, <laughs> and you've killed a person. <laughs> okay, good to know. Good to know. So for all those out there in that situation, maybe it's time to take the antibiotics, um, yeah. which is probably scrolling through their phone. Do you recommend that? Do you recommend taking their phone? And <laughs> listen, this is what I say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we are not like Lace. Our, we both host a show. We're comedians. We aren't psychiatrists. Right. We're our, we're jokesters. Yeah. Uh, we're not perfect people. Sure. Is it? Is it? Um. Probably the not the not the best move. Uh, to go through somebody's phone. No, probably not. But as as the person that I am, it's fun. I <laughs> I even tell my boyfriend now it's probably not the healthiest move, but sometimes when you're just a curious cat, I I I, I, I trust my boyfriend wholeheartedly now. Sometimes I just like to go through his phone, just like to go through his work emails, just to find out who he is at his work life. <laughs> like how does he talk to his employees? How do you text your Uber Eats driver? Things like that. It's just yeah. nice to know sometimes. Yeah. But uh, no, is it the healthiest myth? No. But is it fun? Hell yeah. <laughs> I love that. Well, uh, before um, we go, where where can people find you? Um, uh, you can go internet. I mean, I'm on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Not on the internet. Yeah. My internet's bad. Uh, okay. Instagram, it's Catherine Blanford. Um, and then CatherineBlanford.com for all my shows. I'll be, I'm everywhere. I'm, 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 a, I'm a lot of the, the one night wonders right now. So I'm nice. doing a lot of the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays. Love it. Love it. That's great. Uh, yeah. You coming to Milwaukee at all? I was just in Milwaukee. I did uh Milwaukee improv. Yeah. Great club. Yeah. They're the people. So nice. I did get a cease and desist from uh, uh, Miller High. Miller High Life? Yeah. Wait, yeah. you got a cease and... We have to talk about this before you go. You yeah. got a cease and desist from Miller High Life for uh-huh. what? Um, I I do... I make some fun little flyers, and I have an artist at, that helps me do some flyers for shows. And so he put my picture on maybe a, an ad that looked a little too much like the girl in the moon. Oh, yeah. Yep. Okay. And uh, they said they're serious. They're really serious yeah. about it. 
And yeah. so they sent me a cease and desist and they reported me to Instagram and Facebook and now I'm on probation there. Oh and, no. And um, I'm on, I'm on, I'm on, if I do one more, if I do one more slip okay. up. Okay. But, and then I put, I did put my face in a Starbucks ad and they haven't called because they're too busy with other <laughs> right now uh, and use in employees unionizing. So right, um, right. they're too busy, but not okay. Miller High Life. Oh. And uh, yeah, so I got in a little trouble and I did talk about it on stage and I might not, I, you know what? I'm a big Bud Light, love Bud oh, Light. Oh, you're a Bud Light fan now because uh-huh. of that, huh? Oh, oh yeah. Boy. Oh my God. I'm going to, I, I should have brought a Bud Light on stage. I almost <laughs> did. I was that petty about it. Well, good for you. It's your right to be petty about it. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much um, for coming on. I appreciate you. This is a lot of fun. Thank you. Appreciate you guys. And shout out to uh, Spectrum Internet. Yeah. <laughs> They'll so, be sending you a cease and desist now. This too. podcast has been sponsored by Spectrum, <laughs> the spottiest internet in the South. <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Toodles. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. That is it for this week's episode of the Cripes Cast. Super big thanks to Catherine Blanford for coming on. You can follow her at Catherine Blanford on Instagram, Catherine Blanford Comedy on Facebook, at The Business on Twitter, uh, Biz2Zs, Niz2Zs, and at It's Catherine Blanford on Twitter. YouTube. Catherine was actually just in the Midwest or she was in Milwaukee, I think early December, but she, if you like what you hear, she's coming to back to the Midwest. She'll be in Kansas city. Is that technically the Midwest Kansas city? Hell yeah. Okay. Hell yeah. February 9th. She's going to be in Lawrence, Kansas, February 11th, and then Detroit March 2nd through 4th. So make sure to check out her tickets at catherineblanford.com, I believe. Oh, frick. Yeah. So if you want to see her, go check her out. She's really funny. And if you want to follow the Cast at Cast on all the things, and of course, patreon.com slash Charlie Barons for behind the scenes looks, extended cuts, and first look at concert tickets. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, that is it for this week, everybody. Uh, just do me a favor and keep her moving, okay, and watch for deer. And a big thank you to Kali Maraca for executive producing and to Hannah Milos for editing uh, this week's episode. All right, we will see you next week. Bye-bye. So roll out the barrel and get the band brewing. Life's got you down, just keep her moving. It's on Wisconsin, the Badgers say it's the old Wisconsin Jubilee. You know, sometimes when you're ice fishing, you put your foot in the walleye hole and go ass over tea kettle and you think you're done. No, you got to keep her moving. 